up, guys? Welcome back to episode 13 of the Despawn Therapy Podcast. Today, I'm chatting with Adele Bridges. It's going to be a really exciting episode. She's an international yoga teacher, a health coach, and an influencer. So can you tell us a little bit about what your life was like before you got started with yoga and how you got started? Sure. Well, yeah, it's, um, it's a pleasure to be on your podcast. So thank you for having me. Um, before yoga, um, well, I... I worked in a uh, a typical kind of nine to five desk job, although I was working. It it was a desk job, but I was in I was sitting at a desk just maybe like three days out of the week, um, and the job was actually to encourage people to get up and exercise more, specifically in the outdoors. Um, and I've always been active and everything, but um, yeah, I mean, I guess, yeah, I've always been interested in um, health and fitness and overall well-being, but but yoga is definitely the thing that really began to open my eyes to it all and um, and kind of put it all together, I guess. It's actually really interesting because a lot of other yoga teachers I know, especially myself, I used to like work a nine to five job. And then I was just like, I was kind of teaching my friends yoga for fun. I was the only one of our friend group who was practicing. So I just decided to like quit my job one summer and then I got certified. I went to, I did my certification in Boston. And ever since then, like it's gone from teaching yoga to being like a fitness coach, now like a health coach. So it's, it's really cool how a lot of us like, you know, we, we like to move a lot. It's hard to sit so long. Yeah, for sure. I think that that's a very common journey. Like, uh, yeah, we um, we find yoga, people around us notice that there's a positive change. So they say, like, what's this yoga thing? Can you teach me? Well, then we realize we need to actually know a little bit more uh, if we're going to properly teach people. So then we train, and then it starts to take over in the best possible way. I found the teacher training was good, but I learned a lot from like the online classes, like your class and from Dylan's classes online. They're really great because a lot of times like there's only so much you learn a teacher's training, but by actually like engaging with like a like a teacher who maybe knows like a bit more than you learn a lot about like their style of sequencing and how you can improve your um, the way you explain stuff to the students. Oh yeah, thank you. Yeah, um, absolutely. I mean, a, a yoga teacher training is like, it's it's not even the tip of the iceberg. It's like a little ice cube that's on the top of the tip of the iceberg of you know what what like yoga encompasses in in total, but even just like the anatomy side of it. So I think, um, yeah, it's it's always important to keep learning constantly. Um, and I think that's what makes a good, well, a good yoga teacher, but really a good anybody, <laughs> no matter what your, your field is in. Um, I think any expert, you know, anybody that's considered an expert in their field would say that they know nothing about what their field is, because to truly be an expert, then you you've opened you've opened the the door up to everything that you don't know and you're kind of constantly thirsty for more knowledge and um yeah if you've finished your yoga teacher training and and you think okay I've got it all 
locked away here in my brain and I'm good and I don't need to learn anything more than I would say you're mistaken <laughs> but I don't think anybody does feel that way yeah like when I finished mine I it, it just was like my in like there's a studio and they're like you got to get certified so it was like my in but from there there's so much like progression I remember when I started my training I was all about like the yin yoga and I was a firm believer and like it's the best way to improve your flexibility and over the years it's crazy to see looking back how much my practices changed and my belief system changed from what I continuing to learn and I'm starting to incorporate a lot more of like active range of motion I know that's something you talk a lot about a lot like the passive versus active range of motion yeah definitely I think yeah what you said there that's um that's really important it's it's not always easy to go from like talking about one thing and then to to say to yourself, even if you don't say it publicly, like to your students or maybe to your social media following, but even just to say to yourself, like, actually, you know what, maybe that's not the best way to do it. And maybe there is a better way and I need to change how I teach or I need to change my approach. Um, and I, I think that that is one of the biggest, one of the biggest lessons that, again, everybody, but yoga teachers definitely included, need to learn is that it's okay to say, you know what, I've, I'm continuing my, my education constantly. And I have found that a lot of the things I used to say, maybe aren't that accurate. And this is what I say now. And people also need to be okay with hearing people um, change their minds and change their stance on something and not being judgmental and, and critical about it. Um, but actually appreciating when somebody can, you know, um, evolve on their, their knowledge. Um, but yeah, but going back to what you said, um, with using active range of motion to, to promote flexibility. Well, I would, I would even say that it's not about promoting flexibility. It's about it promoting mobility because that's really what everybody's after um i think when people say that they want to be more flexible they really want to be more mobile yeah 100 percent. yeah it's um it's um the, and there's all sorts of um just misunderstandings out there we, you know when people don't understand like um how the, the muscles and the fascia and just all of the, the, the various systems of the body work to create greater mobility. Um, it's, and of course, like, why, why would we, you know, we, it's, if you're like a banker or an accountant or, you know, a lawyer or something like that, like your area of expertise is not anatomy. So just like, I don't know, all the things that like somebody that works in a um a desk job know all about i wouldn't expect them to know all about stretching and um increasing their flexibility and that kind of thing but but yeah it's um it's i think it's uh it's there's some there's some common misunderstandings out there about um flexibility versus strength versus mobility and you know how they all kind of interact with each other 
Yeah, there's so much like controversy. Like some people, like when you get like the physio side, and they'll be like, "You don't need flexibility. You just need mobility." And then you get people who say, "Oh, static stretching is bad." And there's the people who love static stretching. So it's hard for, especially on social media, to find what's right. But I find the best is to just take a balanced approach. And as you talked in your interview with Dylan, it's about finding what your body needs to to move better and to get more mobile, not doing maybe what everyone else is doing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So that that interview with with Dylan and my friend Celeste was something that we did for um, our our little um, hypermobile yogis page, um, where where we're we're talking about yoga specifically for people who are hypermobile. Um, so so yeah, that's that's worth checking out. But um, yeah, I think that for me. What I've discovered, and and this goes for movement, but it also goes for diet, nutrition, it goes for sleeping, it goes for relationships, it just goes for every aspect of health and well-being. If in doubt, look at how our ancestors evolved. Look at how our bodies and our minds and all of these things have have. Um, have been molded by thousands and thousands of years of how we lived before our modern lifestyles came along and started to make everything um, really convenient for us. And, um, and that's kind of, you know, like our ancestors, like back in hunter-gatherer days or whatever, when we were still living like totally within nature, the way that all other animals live, you know, not... Um, not like just doing all of the silly things that we do, um, but living outdoors, being exposed to the elements, and having to hunt for our food, and um, and and all of these things. Well, would we have sat for five minutes in the same position, just like with the, you know, like? intentionally trying to relax all of the muscles to try and lengthen those muscles or or whatever like would we have done things like trying to get our foot behind our head no you know like that that wasn't how we moved but we did move in many many different ways you know we would have been climbing up trees maybe or um like walking up and down mountains we would have been sitting and lying and squatting and running and walking and um, carrying heavy things and that is how our bodies evolved over time um, and and so that's basically the approach that I think anybody should take is how natural is this in terms of just yeah like primal movement I guess yeah, and it really comes down to just having a variety of movement patterns you're working on and maybe not just doing the ones you're, you're, you're more flexible at or maybe just like, like as you said, like just exploring through movement and that's really an important thing to do. So let's say, for example, like how would you start like a, like a daily practice if someone wants to get started with their yoga? I, I always think that the best way to get started and I'm talking about like for the way that I get started every every morning with my practice and the way that I teach is to sit comfortably or lie down 
or stand up, whatever, but take a few moments with your eyes closed so you're not distracted by anything else and begin to just feel in your body without, maybe not even without moving yet, just breathing and feel how, like what it is, like how it, how it is to be in your body at that one specific time. But this is, this is not necessarily the easiest thing if, if somebody's never done it before. Um, it's kind of like, wait, what do you mean? Like, listen to my body. But it's just, it's a, a, a matter of just paying attention, just taking like one minute even. It doesn't even have to be like that long, but 60 seconds to bring all of your attention to maybe like how, how does your arm feel? You know, like what does my right arm feel like right now? Um, and, and start to develop this skill of being totally aware of your body and you know, just scanning through to see like, okay, actually this, you know, my shoulders are really tense. I'm going to relax them now. Or, um, my, my hips feel really tight sitting here on the floor and just noticing that, that experience of right now in your body. So then you can take that that awareness into how you move and begin to then start make making gentle movements so just maybe arching and rounding your spine or like doing some gentle twists doing some little side bends and continuing that listening of you know where am i tight or where am i weak or where do i feel good or or whatever um and then and, and I think that that right there is so powerful because then you can take that into any kind of movement that you want. You know, if if your thing is like to go for a run, then go for a run. But with that awareness of like where you feel these different sensations or, you know, if you want to do some sun salutations or if you want to just like go and wash the dishes, um, but you're aware then of what your body is experiencing right there, right? Like that here and now moment. Yeah. Like that, that initially like getting that, the body awareness and the breath going, like you feel really amazing afterwards. And that's really what got me to like buy into believing like yoga is so powerful. When I first started six years ago, I was like, wow, like, there's such an instant effect, like my total, like, like you can change your mindset from like having a bad day to having an amazing day in just like five minutes, just by doing some deep breathing. It's so, it's a, it's incredible. Yeah, absolutely. I think that it's, it's one of those things though, you've got to just take a little leap of faith and try it because I, I think that a lot of people hear this, this kind of thing and they're like, well, how could that possibly be so powerful? You know, cause we're, where the the message for so long has been like go to the gym and work out go to an aerobics class and push yourself um and there's nothing wrong with those things of course but um but it's yeah i think it's it's not always the easiest thing which is also maybe a little bit counterintuitive because if you've never done it before and you 
and you're told by somebody, just sit with your eyes closed and breathe and listen to your body, I think it, A, it doesn't sound like it would be that challenging. Um, and therefore, because it's not that challenging, because it's not like jumping up to a handstand or doing the splits or something like that, that it's also be not that powerful. And so it's easy to dismiss it and it's easy to not want to do it. But if you begin to, if you just like, just trust and take that, that little like jump into the unknown and, and try it, I think people will find that it's, um, it's both, it's maybe a little bit uncomfortable to begin with and also really powerful, like so many uncomfortable things are. Yeah, and I talk about uh, with a lot of my clients, like they'll come to me, hey, David, I got like tension in my traps or I have like tension in my neck. So, uh, and a lot of times I try to explain to them that when you have a lot of stress, it can actually cause this muscular tension. So I try to teach them strategies to to relax, to release the tension in those muscles. But a lot of times they're like, they don't, like, I'm like, you should try meditation. Are you doing breathing every day? And a lot of times they'll tell me they're not. And I'll be like, how come? And then they'll be like, they, they just, even I've told them time and time again, they just don't, just relaxing and getting into, out of your head can really release all that muscular tension. Yeah, I think it's, it's difficult because whenever we, whenever we're faced with the idea of just sitting and listening and, and you know, meditating, we're faced with having to deal with lots and lots of uncomfortable thoughts and feelings. Um, and throughout our lives, especially in our modern lifestyle where we've constantly got distractions all around us, it's, yeah, we're, we always have like this comfort zone of being distracted by something. But, you know, going back to what I said about looking at how our ancestors would have lived, you know, they didn't have constant entertainment on some sort of screen or another or books or, um, you know, whatever, whatever type of distraction you can think of, there would have been times where they probably would have just sat on a log um, and stared off into space and let themselves daydream and you know, not had a feeling like, okay, what do I need to do next? I need to, um, I've got to achieve like the next thing or whatever. It was more of a, you know, eat, sleep, reproduce, you know, survive. But as long as you're, you're, you know, you're not needing to like take some measure to survive, you could actually just sit and, just be still with your thoughts and um but it it can be very very uncomfortable when um when we're so used to just being distracted by those uncomfortable thoughts by like the kind of shadowy side of ourselves but I always say you know yin and yang we need shadow and we need light we need the um the comfort and the discomfort um and really, once we start to face those more shadowy thoughts, those more uncomfortable um, parts of ourselves, we learn that, um, well, we, we learn just so much about ourselves and we learn that it's not, it's not something that we have to try and avoid. It's just something that we need to be aware of. 
Yeah, and I feel it can really help you grow your character by being comfortable with the thoughts and then going through the practice and just learning about your body can really teach you so much. And especially you can also, like even right now, like you can, people think you have to be on your mat and your practice begins and ends on your mat. But a lot of times like you can like be at your work at your desk working and you can do some like deep ujjayi breathing at your desk. Like, and you can still, because I find just like you can still be in your practice and that will help you as you were saying like throughout the rest of your day right you'll have this awareness of where everything so it's really great to whenever say you are feeling distracted because we're we're so distracted with our phones in society today and instagram and stuff like that but especially at work when you want to be in the zone be in tune with how your body is moving see how you're kind of like make when well, you want to be clear-minded because when you are sitting at your desk you you want to be productive because during the times you're you're forced to be seated so strategies like using some deep breathing at, at the desk can be really powerful yeah for sure I think I mean I get really geeky about these things because I've never I've never really enjoyed like long workouts you know going to the gym like all of that just exercise kind of stuff um, I'm not very good at it and and I think it's because we're not meant to exercise in terms of like we're not meant to sit all day and then go to the gym for three hours we are meant to just constantly stay moving and so I think well why not like okay I'll um like my my yoga practice is my time to just just be with myself and clear my mind and that kind of thing but then in terms of just the the physical and mental benefits of you know of taking that practice into every every other part of your day yeah you can you can just be aware of your breathing while you sit in traffic or um you know do like some little um exercises with with like your feet or you know maybe pelvic floor exercises or whatever kind of thing you know get your get your posture corrected bring the the head back in line with the shoulders um or you know oh there's you know there's so many things you can do but just throughout your day while you're while you're you know making your coffee or while you're um walking up and down the stairs um you know whatever it is that you're doing it can be a part of can be a part of your day uh, and it doesn't have to be for 30 minutes or five minutes it can just be like you know the the 20 seconds that it takes for you to walk up the stairs to your office maybe um just be mindful of how you're moving and um you know really pay attention to every single step that you take or something like that yeah, I love that point you bring up about how people we're not meant to sit all day and then go to the gym. And then a lot of the times people will sit all day and they'll have the wrong priorities once they go to the gym. They'll try to be like a like a desk superhero when they'll sit all day and then they'll go do like a bunch of weight stuff and then you'll see people spend I, I feel like we spend a lot of time warming up because just to prove your point there, like we shouldn't need like twenty minutes, half an hour to loosen up your on like the primal movement patterns and they'll just go and lift a bunch of weights. And they also, you'll get people who 
like you can't sit eight hours a day and expect 30 seconds of stretching to do anything. You really have to, like we talked about before, understand what your body needs to get you moving better. So a lot of people, I think we should more focus on like, like if, if you do sit most of the day, try to get some movement breaks. But on top of that, focus on just movement in the gym. Just try to move around and explore. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think when it comes to stretching as well, the the problem that I sometimes see is that people feel this tension, this tightness, uh, whenever they have a, a lifestyle that means that they sit for a large portion of the day and they think, okay, I need to stretch because, yeah, tight muscles, a feeling of tension. Um, it's, it seems accurate that stretching is the remedy. But what people don't think about is that if you're sitting, then you're also not using those muscles in any way that strengthens those muscles. And so they're also weak. And um, and you've got to strengthen as well as lengthen. Um, but, but then you get sometimes this, this imbalance where there's just the, the kind of the common way of uh, working out or going to the gym or whatever is, you know, we, we want to strengthen the muscles that therefore are going to give us more aesthetic uh, benefits. So the muscles that look good. So, you know, guys especially are all about like the, the biceps and the, the pecs or whatever. And we want the, the, the six pack abs and, um, and this kind of thing, but actually those muscles aren't they're you know, they're not the, the stabilizer muscles. They're not the more functional muscles. Um, and so, you know, we just want to like pump up the muscles that look good and then stretch all the other muscles. But it's, it, what we really need is just to get all of the areas of the body working in a way that we have control of the muscles in full range of motion. So from from fully contracted to fully um, lengthened, we have control of that muscle um, or that muscle group or whatever. Um, and, and that means that we have strength and and that our brain, our nervous system, also understands that we're safe moving into those those areas as well, and that and that just comes through. Um, I think that well, without getting really, without getting geeky about the anatomy, and you know, if you don't have time to learn about how the the actual tissues work in the body and and all of this kind of stuff, I think that the the kind of overall rule of thumb is just move in as much variety as possible. So variety in like the directions that you move, move the variety in like how quickly or how slowly you move, variety in like what the the load is. So how much weight you're carrying. So whether that's, you know, ver like how gravity is pulling you, like which direction gravity is pulling you in or actually adding some sort of, you know, extra resistance, like resistance bands or weights or that kind of thing. Um, but, but yeah, like whatever it is, um, you know, 
if if there's something that you're doing all the time over and over and over again, um, you're just reinforcing those movement patterns. And if you sit at a desk all day, then that's going to be a movement pattern or rather a posture that's going to be super reinforced. And you're going to, so you want to balance that out. Um, but, but yeah, like don't stick to the same routine all the time. Change it up. Yeah. Maybe if you were lifting weights, maybe start doing some yoga Start doing some flows. Maybe just try to maybe in between sets of weightlifting, do a bit of like movement flow and stuff like that can be a good strategy. Because a lot of times people will just sit in between sets of say squats or bench press. But like, why would you sit if you're already sitting most of the day? Why don't you find another way to get moving in between those resting periods? And getting a little bit of flow is can't hurt anybody. Absolutely, yeah. And I think using that movement, like kind of going back to that taking an opportunity to close your eyes and really pay attention to your body and and just with a sense of intrigue, no judgment or criticism, but just a sense of like, hmm, okay, that's interesting. What's happening in my body? And, you know, and if if there's something that you're doing, uh, whenever you do like some some yoga flowing, um, maybe maybe you just try a few sun salutations or just a few yoga postures and use that to, to take note of what's difficult what's challenging like oh my gosh I'm trying to do this side squat like a skandasana or something and I and this is so hard so don't think well that's hard so I don't want to do it again (laughs) um think okay this is something this is an area that I've got some hindrances in where my body is able to go and um, maybe I can just keep doing it very gently, but very regularly until it becomes easier. So what's going through your head when you're doing your flows? I know you have some pretty cool yoga flows. You post your, on IGTV your daily kind of practice. Like, are you like completely in the zone or is there like, do you like, what is your thought process? My thought process? Yeah. Um, what I find often is it's, it begins just as, discipline like okay I need to do my yoga practice um maybe I don't really feel like doing it um and so I say I'm gonna do five sun cell a and five sun cell b you know ashtanga style um and and then at least I've moved but what then what then I, I discover is as I'm moving through those those surya namaskar I do begin to notice like, hmm, I feel like this, this bit of tension here. And, and what, what's the cause of that? Like, is it, is it a tightness or is it a weakness or is it, um, because I'm, I'm just holding tension there or, or whatever. And I just kind of like wiggle around and move and see where I end up. So that's when I start to really get into the zone and, and I'm not thinking about it, but also, I mean, a lot of the, a lot of the, the sequences that I post, um, people, people enjoy them because I do like really creative transitions and that kind of thing. Um, and that's actually another part of my practice. I really enjoy the creative aspect of it. So I sometimes Sometimes it just comes, it just happens, and I'm like, oh, that was cool. 
Um, but sometimes I think, okay, I'm really enjoying right now, like side plank and warrior two. Like these are just two poses that right now my body is just loving. I'm just going to go back and forth and back and forth between these two. And then I'll just start getting creative. Like, how can I make this, this transition between these two postures as seamless as possible? Um, and then I'm, and then I'm like moving around in some way that, um, yeah. And I think this is cool. I'm going to share this. So, um, yeah, it, it's often, it's just the creative aspect of it is something that I also really enjoy. Um, and yeah, and I think I think we are as human beings, we are kind of programmed to want to share things that we enjoy. So, so then, so then, yeah, then I film it and I put it on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, they're really cool, and I also like the you do have those posts where usually people on Instagram do like the like the wrong and right, but you have like a different perspective there. You're showing like different modifications or different steps to get in a posture instead of having the connotation. One thing's wrong versus another thing. It's like maybe there's no, there's nothing's inherently wrong, but you're more about promoting like there's different ways to do things because people move differently. Absolutely. I don't, I, I think that you have to be really careful about saying wrong be, when it comes to movement because what is wrong? Um, you know, it's like um, if you look at the traditional alignment cues of say warrior two, you know, drishti your, your focus is over the the front fingertips well why you know just let's just start with start with that one cue like why look towards the front of your mat over your front facing fingertips why not tilt your head over to the side and look up at the ceiling <laughs> yeah like if 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 a yoga teacher says now bend your elbow beyond 180 degrees so much that it breaks or turn your head around all the way in 180 degrees like a like an owl and something that's like we are not meant to do as human beings like yeah that's wrong <laughs> um but if our bodies are able to move in one way or another then it's not going to inherently be wrong. And of course, I don't want to say like, yeah, hold your warrior two for 10 breaths every single day, every time you do your warrior two and let your knee fall inwards. Um, like the, those alignment cues are there for a reason. Um, but I think that a lot of the, the reasons for those alignment cues are because holding postures for 10 breaths is unnatural, you know? Um, our knees go inwards when we're running around and we change directions. Um, but that's through a constant movement and that's that's when we're we're using our natural like bounce and elasticity that that our that our tissues provide. Um, then when we when we take a posture and hold it for a long time, then yeah, we need to be more we need to be more aware of of what we're doing. But but uh, if your intention is to build some sort of you know like going going back to like the 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 knee of your warrior like going inwards, maybe your intention is to build strength in that area, and you've been training this ability to hold the 
the, the leg in, in this range of motion, um, then is it wrong? I mean, it's not an unnatural position. So therefore it's not necessarily wrong if your intention is to, to put it there for, for one reason or another. Yeah, and I talk about this all the time and in my book as well that like people think posture is just one fixed position. Where in yoga, we, I, I give the analogy in my book about we're, we're going from posture to posture and posture should be fluid and dynamic. If you sit all day, okay, that's great. If you slouch, it's okay. But can you get out of it naturally, right? If It's even bad just having that military posture all day and it's also bad to slouch a lot, but you want to... Maybe sometimes it's okay to slouch after work and maybe your muscles need a rest. But a lot of people think like they have to have that military position or you can only be straight and they think there's only one way. And some people are afraid of, like say for example, um, rounding their lower their back and some people are afraid of like doing back bends and extending their spine. Whereas it's really it's about being able to, as we mentioned for, earlier, control the movement from posture to posture and from position to position. Exactly. Yeah. Be able to put your body in every position imaginable if you want to. Like, um, yeah, if you take it to an extreme, like, what if you aren't even able to slouch? Like, what if you trained your body so much to be like in your that, that military position that you're not even able to slouch? Like, is like, what good is that? So, um, it's um yeah it always comes back to that um variety just being able to move as with as much range of motion as possible and just to stay moving to stay active throughout the day as much as possible i think there's there's um a lot of information out there especially on instagram about like avoiding injury in yoga and of course we want to avoid injury in yoga but i think people forget that Sitting in a desk all day or sitting in a chair all day, sitting in just sitting in general um, and not moving is far, far more detrimental to your overall health than doing, you know, a, a warrior or a downward dog or something like that with like incorrect. And I'm saying incorrect with my quote, quote unquote, yeah, um, alignment. So, so, you know, drop the fear of injury and just start moving because you're going to do yourself much better good by moving than by not moving. Yeah, I know when I first started my yoga practice, I was at one point I was like afraid to sit because I, I thought it was really bad. And it's not that it's bad. It's just you need to prepare your body for prolonged periods of sitting. Like you can you need to like build strength in your hip flexors and your upper back and your shoulders and things like that. It's about preparing your body for the movement you're going to be in most familiar. So if you sit a lot, build strength in those areas versus if you stand a lot, maybe you need more more foot stability. Just an example here. But what would you recommend? Like what would be your best recommendation? Say I work at a desk. I have five minutes every hour to take a break. Well, where would be the first place to start with? Um. Well, something that counters the, the sitting position but not just like opening up the hip flexors, for example, but also strengthening the glutes and not just like opening the, the shoulders and the chest, but 
strengthening the upper back. So, oh gosh, I don't know. Um, I would say like, there's so many things you could do, but I would say every, maybe for, for five minutes, every hour, focus on maybe a different area of your body. Say, okay, um, my, my break between nine and 10, I'm going to, um, I'm going to do like some, some side bends. And then the next one I'll do, um, like a sort of downward facing dog type thing, or, um, just stand up, take your shoes off, wiggle your feet around, get your toes spread out as wide as possible. And then, and just stand on your feet trying to find like the a, a good posture or go for a walk go stand at a window and focus your eyes on something as far away from you as you can to help give your eyes a little bit of exercise away from just staring at a screen right in front of you um yeah change it change it up as as much as possible and I like to I like to what what I like to do in my own practice and what I encourage other people to, to do is notice what your habits are so whatever your habitual movement is or your habitual posture is and use that as inspiration for how to move because you can say, okay, well, whatever it is that I'm doing, I'm going to try and do something different, or I'm going to try and do the opposite, maybe. So what's the opposite of sitting, whatever that might be. Um, or, you know, if I, if I always, I mean, walk backwards, yeah. <laughs> Why not? go, go like up the stairs backwards, just do something a little bit different to what you normally do. Yeah, and that's going to create and promote that more balanced movement. If you're standing a lot, even standing all day isn't good for you. We're not meant to stand all day. Sure. I like to, I have my standing desk here right now. I'm in the seated position because one of the things I like to talk about is finding the activities you you do better standing versus sitting. Like I like to do more of my like, like, like writing stuff seated, whereas I like to do reading standing. And by having these mental cues, you automatically, you won't need to second guess or think about getting up. You're like, oh. I got to do some writing. All right, let's 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 stand up, increase the height of the desk here, or just do other things. And even even when you're cooking, like I walk around a lot, or even from my desk, I pace around a bit. But just try to pair activities with certain positions. Say, for example, when I read a book, maybe I'll change my legs to cross-legged. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think that's so important because another thing that uh, another mistake that I think people make is they, if they sit at a, they sit down all day and they've got like a lot of the, the common postural problems that come with sitting all day like weak glutes tight hip flexors um weak hip flexors um you know rounded shoulders weak deep neck flexors all of these things but then they just they stand up and they bring all of these postural issues into their standing posture and so yeah okay they're standing that's good but the the glutes are still weak the hip flexors are still tight etc um and so we wanna we wanna be able to try and correct those those things as much as possible, and I mean it, it's it's also worth going to an expert, you know, go to a physiotherapist, a good physiotherapist, um, who is you know like going back to what we talked about at the beginning that it, it's somebody that's 
willing to keep learning and stay curious and and be open to maybe things being wrong and and new research and this kind of thing and and find out what areas of your body need to have some some more balance brought to them but uh there was um there's something else that you said that I wanted to respond to and I can't remember what it is now anyway it doesn't matter <laughs> yeah I think we're talking about moving from position to position and pairing tasks um previously to that but that also brings me to my next question. I want to talk a little bit about how, like, how, how has your background in gymnastics, like, shaped your yoga practice? Oh, um, well, I suppose I, oh, I remember what I was going to say, because it's all the same thing. Um, it's, yeah, whenever we, whenever we change what we do, whenever we change how we move, it's not just what's happening in the muscles. Um, it's, it's also the, the nervous system because everything begins in the brain. Right. And so, so we're training our nervous system. We're training the, the neural pathways. Um, and I think that this is another reason that people feel so good after yoga, because it's not just moving your body. You're actually, you know, also kind of opening up your, your brain, your, your nervous system to these new ways of moving. Um, and and so that's the that's kind of I guess how my gymnastics background has come into my yoga practice because those neural pathways are still there from from my childhood and adolescence as a gymnast um, and so yeah I mean it's I I've been able to to go very quickly into a very strong practice. Um, you know, I, I had been practicing yoga for about six months and doing things that people practice for years and years and years before they can do. Um, and, and that's nice and all, but, you know, I get, would get um, comments like, oh, you're so good at yoga. And it's like, well, no, <laughs> I'm, you know, I've, I've got the ability to move my body in these ways, but the practice of yoga is not what you do with your body. The practice of yoga is, you know, how how well you can connect the mind and breath and body and how um, you know what what you learn from it all. And yeah, um, uh, I could talk another hour about that. But um, yeah, a lot of people think yoga is the physical practice, but I'm always an advocate in my class. Like it just like it's it's almost like a tool, like a catalyst to get us to connect with ourselves. Like and create like a deeper understanding for yourself and really like get to know yourself because like I had once had this friend he asked me he's like who is David like you know what I mean like like really like learning who you are like then our name is just our identity but really learning who you are like deep down is like it's hard but it's like it's yoga really helps you understand like like how you feel how you think how you move and really like I find even too like I'm the I'm the most clarity like right after teaching like, I feel so, like, zen and so clear. Like, there's nothing that's, like, no distractions in my mind. And that's often when, like, like I don't do hand balancing much anymore. But, like, after yoga, I could hold it for a minute without trying. Whereas I'm actually trying to work on them. I can't do them very well. It's just, like, when you're out of your head, like, that's where real change really happens for me. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's, it's, I think the, 
physical practice of yoga, the asana is like, it's a gateway and it teaches us a skill. And that skill is to, to remove distractions because we all, we go through life with like all of the thoughts that are going through our minds, like all of the, the things that we need to do and the expectations that we need to meet and, you know, and how, how we feel like all um, you know, I'm angry or whatever. We go through life with those things like right in front of our faces. And I think yoga gives us an opportunity to just back away from those things and we have a bigger picture. Um, and again, I think it's one of those things like if you've never practiced yoga before and somebody's talking about this, you're just like, what woo-woo, hippy-dippy stuff are you on about? Um, but it's just a matter of building the skill of removing those distractions yeah, and it can be hard like we're as we mentioned before you're you're always on the phone it can be hard to to even just sit still yeah it's i think it's i i notice that all the time in myself and in my students shavasana one of the hardest poses you know if you do it properly it's the hard. I like teaching it though. I like really. I find that's the time like where I, I really talk and give like advice and just get them out of their head. And I've learned a lot from. I did Dylan's True Flexibility, like his online classes, and I like how he always talks at the end of Shavasana, like how he's like promoting people to get out of their head and just really like. I find that kind of like mellows people out a little bit. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it's one of the benefits of going to a group class, I think, because sometimes like yeah, the, the things that are really challenging, it's easier to do it like with other people and having somebody kind of guide you through it. And, and if that's what you need, you know, if that's why you go to the classes just for that Shavasana at the end to have somebody helping you stay out of your head for a few minutes, then, um, then yeah, um, it's, it's worth, it's worth like however much effort and, and energy and time and money you put into getting to that point you know it's actually quite interesting i'm probably one of the few but i when i became a yoga teacher i never actually practiced yoga at a studio i started with the p90x yoga and then i got into the cody app and then did like a lot of online classes for i say like a few years so it was a lot of it was like i was teaching myself on the way and then when i became a teacher it was like the first time like i taught like an actual class in the studio and it was it wasn't until like three years into my yoga practice where i was an actual like in-person teacher and I was like this feels weird it's the first time I've been a student wow yeah that's um that's pretty cool I I mean I have a similar a similar story that I began my yoga practice really at home on an app because but that was yeah that was mostly because I was um I felt so uncomfortable going to the yoga classes and not knowing the postures and all of that kind of stuff. And once I understood yoga a little bit better, then I was more comfortable going to the group classes. But um, yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, I think that's another, another way that it can be beneficial to change it up, um, you know, to, to bring variety into your practice, like practice both with a group and on your own. And, you know, so if, if you're, if you're only ever practicing in group classes, 
go into that unfamiliar, maybe uncomfortable, maybe kind of scary zone and practice on your own. See what you learn about yourself. Yeah. Yeah, and it's nice too, like with the online, a lot of the people, they don't like have their own at home practice and you'll get the other half of people who, who prefer to do it at home. But I find the class like is only so customized to one person. It's, it's, try to, it's for everyone. So the benefit of having your own practice is it doesn't have to be a video, but you can pause, you can go ahead, take a few more breaths, you can do a few more repetitions. If something's doing really good, feeling really good, you can do, which I really like what you mentioned, like going from warrior to decide plank, just do whatever you're, you're vibing on the given moment. Maybe you don't need a whole flow, maybe you just need what your body needs in that moment. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, um, it's another thing that I think is a skill, it takes some time to develop it. Um, and that's what I wish more people realized is that like anything, whenever you're learning it for the first time, it's going to be challenging and maybe uncomfortable and you feel like you're not good at it. But with time, it starts to feel more natural. Um, and it's so, so powerful and valuable to be able to understand like, actually, you know what, this is what my body needs right now. And to be able to go and do that. Um, and it's as, a, as a yoga teacher, whenever I see people in my classes that are doing something other than what I'm telling them, it makes me so happy. I mean, you know, because I can see that they're doing it intentionally, not because they're just, they've got the wrong message. Um, and I'm like, oh, I need to work on my cueing, clearly. Um, but but no, because they, they are modifying or they're they're... Um, staying in a posture a bit longer or they're moving out of a posture a bit sooner than what I've cued and it makes me so happy to see that because I'm like yes that person is able to listen to their body over what I'm telling them and and to to be able to yeah like let your body's voice be louder than the yoga teacher's voice so to speak is yeah uh, uh, that's kind of yeah a great skill a great skill to develop and i love how you advocate that yoga is for everyone and there you don't have to be like a yogi like anyone can do yoga and i feel like a lot of people are just afraid to try it and they think it's just for women or if it's not for them yeah um yeah it's <sighs> The thing is, yoga can be, yoga is anything, anything where you're just freeing yourself of distractions and, and having that moment of connection in, within yourself. And it doesn't have to be in yoga clothes and on a yoga mat or in a yoga studio. It doesn't have to resemble anything that we see out there like you know on the internet or whatever as yoga it it's like I said you know it could be uh, like I remember I spoke to a guy uh, a guy once and I was trying to get him to come to my yoga classes and um and I was telling him like what he would benefit from it he was like I get that when I when I'm gardening and I was like okay then just keep gardening <laughs> don't come to my yoga classes because that that's your yoga um, and, and a lot of, a lot of times whenever I speak to surfers, what, what they, what they get out of like being out there on the water and waiting for the wave and then catching the wave, I'm like, 
yeah, that's yoga. But I suppose the benefit of going to an actual like yoga class is that you're being taught these skills, um, which you can then take into something like gardening or surfing or, or whatever it is that you do. Yoga is everything that's beautiful, that's beautiful. right? Yeah, I like that. Yeah. I heard that quote somewhere. I really like it. And I try to like keep that in the back of my head, even on days where like I'm feeling stressed or whatever, just like. You know, it's for me, it's like a quick shift in perspective if I'm ever, like, just not in the zone or in my headspace. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I have one more question for you before we uh, finish off here. So what would be some tips to, like, avoid injury during yoga and stretching? Move mindfully. Um, I, I think that injury often occurs because we're, we're thinking about what's next. Or we're focused on trying to get to some place and we move with without control. So we're either like pushing or we're flinging, you know, often like, especially um, a, a very common one is like when you, when you want to go from down dog to step one foot between the hands, like the that's one where people rely on a lot of momentum, just flinging their leg, or they're yanking their, their legs into place with their hands, um, because there's this mentality of like where you want to be. But if you move slowly, slow it down, and, and pay attention to where you can move to with absolute control, where you can actually hold yourself in that place without, without the assistance of your hands or, or pressing on the floor, or anything like that, or, or you know, using a, a strap or whatever, if you can hold yourself in place in that position, then you've put yourself there with control, and therefore you're not moving into any kind of range of motion that is that your body's not ready for. So to move slowly and with control, with mindfulness, that's, that's, the, that's the, the most certain way to avoid injury. Yeah, 100%. And I know recently you've been doing a lot of posts, like, instead of doing the forward fold by pulling your feet, you have one where you're just reaching behind your back. Yeah. Um, I mean, I have a whole masterclass now called Look, Ma, No Hands, um, where we just do all of, like, all of these postures um, as, if we, as if we don't have arms. And I've taught it a couple of times. And it's amazing to see how people like they've signed up for a class called Look No Hands. Then I tell them like we're gonna move through postures where we don't use our hands to pull us into place. And and yet they still, you know, I'll have them like in a low lunge and I say, bring your your back heel towards your butt. And they still reach back there and grab their foot with their hands. And I'm like, the name of the class is No Hands. And it's, so it's like so ingrained in, like it, it becomes a habit. It's a habit that people have. And I'm like, no, 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 no. We're not using our hands to pull our foot towards our butt. We're going to pull our foot towards our butt on, on our own with like with just the strength of your hamstring and your glute. So yeah, it's um, it's just so... It, it's it's just so much a part of how we have learned to move in our yoga practice, like with this passive 
stretching. And so I'm really, um, really passionate about it. Uh, and it's just, you know, it's, that's how my practice has developed because of my hypermobility and the aches and pains that I was getting in my, my knees and my low back in particular, um, from a yoga practice that had a lot of passive stretching. And I thought I need to build strength. And how can I do that? I can do that by not pulling and yanking and pushing and flinging myself into these postures, but see how, how far I can go just through the, the, the use of my, my muscles putting me there. Yeah, and what's crazy, notice such a difference in how you move and how you feel by doing more active stretches and using your muscles to get you there. You actually like, you'll have a lot longer lasting effects. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I hope, I think that it will become more prevalent in yoga, especially as like different movement programs, I guess, um, are becoming more popular. Like the, um, well, just like the whole movement culture and, um, primal movement and, um, Ido Portal and, and all of these kinds of things, um, but right now it's still still in the infancy, yeah. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people say I don't understand what the difference is between active and passive range of motion. You know, they don't even know. Like, what does that mean? So yeah, we we still have some work to do for sure. Yeah, and you're doing a lot of great things to to advocate for that. Especially, I, I watched all the the videos in the hypermobility conference. It was really interesting. Shed a lot of light on some issues, like. I used to do a bit of gymnastics myself, so my shoulders were sometimes achy because I had a little bit too much mobility there, but it was really cool to hear a lot of people talk about, especially Dylan talking about the anatomy was like, he's so smart, like he has, he's, the way he remembers these things, it's like, it's like he's like recited them a million times, he just, he knows the body so well, and he can explain it so well for, so, for, so for people who are listening there, can you let them know where they can check you out and check out some of your, your classes online? and the hypermobile stuff? Yeah, for sure. Um, you can find out everything you want to know about me um, and how to get in touch with me and how to follow me and everything. If you just go to my website, which is just adelbridges.com. Um, and then if you want to find out more about what I'm doing through the hypermobile yogis, then the best place to go for that is on to our Instagram page where then there's a link in the bio to everything else that we're doing. Um, and that's hypermobile.yogis. Um, I think that, I think that, yeah, if, if anybody wants to know more, those are the two places to start. Yeah. And then if you want to try some classes without traveling to see Adele, she has the, the classes on online, which are pretty great. You're, it's almost like you're in person. Thanks. Yeah, those are all on my website as well. Um, yeah, so yeah, it would be um, it would be cool to virtually see any anybody new uh, practicing with me online. I, th I think that's what I like about it because you get to know. You feel like you know the the teacher. Right? Like I was doing Dylan's classes for a while, and I felt like I had a personal connection with him. And I've done like a. I've done a lot of your classes and like this is the first time we formally like like spoken aside from email, but like I feel like I already know you from doing your classes. Yeah, cool. Well that's good to know. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us. We'll have to uh, do a, a follow-up one day because this is really interesting or hopefully come to one of your workshops if you're ever in Canada. Yeah, for sure. That would be awesome.
Awesome. Thanks so much.